We will not shy away from the dark alleys of New Orleans, the cold coffins of the dead, the brothels, or the bars. Evil is a point of view, and we at Gathering of the Geeks are immortal. This is Interview with the Geeks, an episode-by-episode breakdown of AMC's Interview with a Vampire. I am one of your hosts, Emmett, and I'm joined by the Ted Lasso to my coach, Beard, Chris Evans. Chris, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Yeah, doing well. Uh, We are not alone. Um, in our episode by episode breakdown of uh, of Interview with the Vampire, we are joined by Cookie. Cookie, how are you? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> Don't lie. We know you're not okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm mostly okay. Man, that is a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm like warmed over death. It's very appropriate. Yeah, yeah that's right. That? You're 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 one step closer to death than we are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Gathering of the Geeks is available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Just search Gathering of the Geeks. Okay, guys. So we are covering AMC's interview with a vampire. Uh, I'm going to speak for the two of you and say that you guys were both very excited. For this show uh, to premiere, and also very scared and um, slightly pessimistic in some ways, Chris, uh, leading up to it. Um, but it is here. Um, we will be talking about the first two episodes um, because we, uh, I think, the three of us all signed up for AMC Plus and were able to watch the second episode before it was released to the general public. On I believe it's this uh, Sunday, Sunday, October the 9th. Um, so we'll be talking about the first two episodes. It's full spoilers. Uh, we're going to talk about the first episode first, and then the second episode second. Shocking. Um, <laughs> before we do that, though, um, and we talked about this a little bit on um, Gathering of the Geeks Sunday show, but maybe kind of talk about um, you know Lorraine if if you want to go first, your expectations, your excitement level for this show before. You know, before hitting play on that on, on that on that first day that you were able to watch it, I kept my expectations low because I'm like I I love the movie, and if it's not as good as the movie, I'm going to be disappointed. So I I went in with low expectations. I didn't watch any of the behind the scenes stuff. I wanted to go in blind, and I I will say that my expectations were blown out of the water it was it was a great first episode great first two episodes chris um what did you think um so going into it i initially i was um i don't want to ramble but i've been waiting to see vampire chronicles back on some kind of screen for years i've Mm -hmm. been anticipating this and kind of rolling with the the drops of news that we had over the last decade or so you know this version was getting made this one is no now we're doing it this way oh this network has it and when they even announced this one i was like okay it's still not getting made i'm not getting whatever and then (laughs) then like randomly they cast listat i was like oh it is happening and you know Mm -hmm. more um stuff came and i uh i wasn't too happy with some of the announcements and some of the uh, things about what was going to be in it and the changes they were making. But then I saw the trailer and, uh, you know, it was kind of glorious, a little bit, a little bit of glory. <laughs> and that kind of kept going all the other promotional material. I did not watch the behind the scenes either, but I went into this. I wouldn't say I was expecting gold, but I was pretty excited. <laughs> I was expecting good at least at the very least. 
I think that's important that both of you were you're you're not expecting and I guess we can we'll talk about this more as we get into it. You know, you, I think you guys are both well, we know you're both very huge fans of the movie and expecting like, oh, if it's not this way, I'm going to riot. You know, and Chris, we talked about this when 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 Aaron and I and, and you were doing Moon Knighting, where you two were both huge Moon Knight fans and mm-hmm. going in saying, well, Moon Knight needs to be this way or it's not going to be good at all. And we found out through the entire you know, season that, you know, there was a lot of give and take between uh, their adaptation of what Moon Knight is. And for, for interview with the vampire, it's, it, that's even more prominent, um, you know, and having open uh, expectations open to changes, I think is very important. And, you know, we see the changes right off the bat, like they, they, and they don't shy away from what the, the show is trying to be. So if we start off from like the, the first, you know, the scenes that, that start the show in the old man Beloy. You know, from from what I know from Malloy, it's Christian Slater, like young, <laughs> young buck Christian Slater. You know, he's not an old man. He's not sick in any way. So and like so there's so much there's so much right off the bat that changes everything. Old Malloy, um, this is seemingly they've already didn't they've already done an interview somehow. Malloy and, mm. and he's done an interview. Like, the popularity of Malloy, like he's, he's on TV, he's watching himself on TV. Um, so right out the gate, uh, Cookie, what do you think about this? It's kind of a shock to the system, I think, if you're a, a fan of the movies and of, of the book, of of the, this 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 Malloy in this world and mm-hmm. the changes that they're already making. How did you uh, react to that? Those changes? Well, they're doing a lot of uh, timeline play, so I'm like, okay, well, this is the Christian Slater character. Obviously, he's older. Um, so, are they going to like? talk about that first interview that they had at all and then you know when he gets to dubai you understand like then they go into the the first interview and all of that but um and i thought it was weird they kind of played him as like a like a joke professor kind of like oh i'm, I'm a washed up journalist i'm gonna give classes now online so um but yeah i thought that was I, I really like what they did with the the character and introducing him as older and sick, and seeing if that's going to play, you know, his mm-hmm. his health issues. If that's going to play at all into it. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting him watching himself on TV. He's like playing a character on TV, and he's almost disgusted by it. Right, he turns the TV off. He's yeah, like, that's like a, not well, he's me. like a crotchety like... old man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Them them iPhones <laughs> ruined my job. You know, it's like oh. Well, yeah, I love it's really that pointed that out too. <laughs> yeah, for sure, and it's interesting that we learn more about why he's crotchety. Like he used to be an addict in some way. He talks <clears> about that in in the second episode a little bit. Like he's not, he hasn't lived a very straightforward life. Like he 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 is, um, you know, he's got edges, rough edges to him. Um, and Chris, I asked you, I'm like, is this somehow a sequel? Why are they doing a second interview? <laughs> what is the second interview? Did they already do the first interview? Is that the Brad Pitt and Christian Slater thing? So, like in my own head, can I'm like, why this? What is happening here? How did you uh, react to that opening, Chris, and trying to get in the old Malloy and, you know, reintroducing us or, you know, fans of the series to uh, to 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 Malloy? For me, having read the the majority of the books, um, I watched the movie a disgusting amount of times. <laughs> and, and even Queen of the Damned, unfortunately, I've watched that way too many times also. But oh. <laughs> but with with this one, I was like, OK, need to separate this from what I know. But even then, seeing Malloy like this, kind of like TV journalist, was a shock to me. But I was instantly, instantly like reeled into it because I was like, "Oh, this is different. 
I like that they're setting it up this way. Also, I like that actor. He's in Succession um, most yes. recently. Yeah, he's great in Succession, and he's great mm-hmm. pretty, pretty much in anything you see him in. Right. Like, okay, this is cool. And then, um, like you guys mentioned, he talks about how he's kind of like a washed-up journalist. He mentions the iPhone, which I thought was amazing. And <laughs> then um, it's just cool to see a darker version of Malloy because he's not like this at all anywhere else you see him. This is a completely mm-hmm. new Malloy, or Daniels, really what he's called from the books. So then he, you know, he re- receives some tapes from Louis. They're, they're, they're the old tapes, and he, he's he's almost disgusted by them a little bit too. And we find out, you know, later on, or like not that long after, he's got this. Um, Louis writes him a long letter, and you know, we they get to you know D- Dubai, like Cookie said, and you know, Louis says, "Okay, this is this is the real interview. This is the real truth." Um, and you know, that makes me want to know what that first interview really was too. Like what, what story was Louis telling him? And it's really interesting. You know, he, Louis also mentions it to him very early on. I think it's, you know, maybe even before they switched to back to, to, to new Orleans where he says, you know, I'm gay now and I fully accept it. But back then I, I, I had not. So I wonder, I'm wondering about that first interview if he had not accepted it in that interview as well, if he was just more or less fighting, um, fighting his homosexuality. Um, so then we very quickly, um, not long after they sit down for their first interview, um, you know, we're, we're, we're taken back to, to early 1900s, um, New Orleans and, you know, Louis driving around in his car. Um, and just the, and one of the things that one, the things that I love so much about the trailers when I said I wasn't going to watch the trailers and then I did was the look and the feel to the show, the costumes, the music, the setting. And I think within the first, I think it's within the first two minutes when Louis driving down the street and, you know, he's talking about the brothels and he's talking about the bars and he's talking about the setting, talking about who he is. That got me so immersed in this world very quickly. Um, Cookie, how did you feel about that, that first introduction to, to old New Orleans? I loved it. I love the, the sound design. I love the, the lighting, um, the, the cobble streets, everything. It just, it, it felt old, but like still alive and vibrant. So I thought that was, you know, great for the, the setting and the time that they're doing this. Chris, what about you? What did you think about that real first introduction to Louis as the character as well? I agree with everything you guys said about the New Orleans setting. They really bring it to life in a way that it's immersive and it really, really hits. Uh, Louis himself, again, separating it, uh, I'm going to try to keep doing that, but this is a different kind of Louis, but at the same time, it's a Louis we didn't even see in the books. Mm. So I like what they're doing here. And he's different enough in these first few scenes that, you know, you kind of just appreciate him as a character, I think, right off the bat, especially when you see how he's different in the present versus these fla- this flashback. So I, I like what they did. Mm. Here. Mm-hmm. I like that we see the, the newer, um, calmer Louis compared to when he was a young rascal, I suppose. <laughs> right. Yeah, you see that even more, uh, ju- just jumping ahead to, to confirm your point, but even in that second episode where he's having the seven-course meal with Malloy yeah. and all of the things that Louis is eating, you're like, this guy owns everything that he's doing. He's whether, a it's a, 
whether it's an, yeah, he eats, yeah, really eats a lot. Whether he's eating soup with, you know, blood soup or he's eating an animal or, or sucking on a guy's neck, just like, a, it's just, he's very confident in who he is. And then to play it back to the old times, like he's confident on the outside when he's talking to these people, like specifically in that poker game. But there's still the underlying, and it plays all the way for, for the first two episodes, the black and white thing. He still calls, he still calls the white people, sir, nonstop. Um, and you see in that second episode where he's talking to the guy about doing the renovations to the to the the brothel that he wants to to get, how demeaning the guy is to Louis. So yeah, I like the I like the confidence that that future or present day Louis has. I like the the outward confidence that Louis has in the past, but there's still the underlying thing. And I I also love that they're playing about that too. And the, that was obviously a very much a story choice that they made going to New Orleans, going to that time, making Louis. Um, you know, basically a, a glorified pimp and a brothel and, and a black guy uh, in, in, in the New Orleans thing. So we talked about how much we love the setting. You know, I, I think we're going to have to talk about the, the, the Louis being black in, in this in this show and how much that is a storyline in the first two episodes and how important it is to Louis, the character. Um, you know, it's a difficult thing to talk about. Again, we're three white people talking about a black guy and how difficult it is for him. But, you know, it, it is an interesting thing, the story choice that they made here, Cookie, about making Louis black mm-hmm. and, and setting it in, in the story is and giving him the position that they did give him as, as the, the brothel or the pimp, uh, pimp character. Yeah, well, it's a whole other dynamic that they have to wrestle with. And, you, I mean, you see it more in the, the second episode where you know he's he's telling Lestat he's like you know master and slave and and uh, you know when they go to Rome he has to be his valet because he does not have the the same type of uh, privileges that he has in New Orleans and I, you know I like that that it's like a whole nother layer to the character that he has to you know wrestle with whereas you know especially the original Louis didn't have to Lestat doesn't have to it's 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 a whole nother thing it it is a whole other thing especially when you look at the other version of him that you know that we know where he was on the opposite end of this he was the slave owner you know mm-hmm. louis family ran a plantation um so to see them flip that is fascinating because on paper you would say why would they do that what is the point of this but when you watch it it's like oh this works and this is maybe more interesting to see it this way it's not all sunshine and rainbows either for louis as we see early on when he's doing it like i picture i don't know if anybody's seen the movie hustle and flow with um Mm -hmm. um you know that pimp you know when you think of a pimp you think of the uh, you know a fancy guy with gold chains and all that kind of stuff but it's not it's not a you know louis's not living the life here you know he has to he has to deal with um a shitty situation mm-hmm. uh, right off the bat with the the, the one of his um, one of his girls and a, and a gentleman in in the thing. So it's interesting, yeah. you know. <laughs> you know, Chris, what would you think about that? Like, I, I got a lot of humor out of that scene, and I don't. I was kind of kind of confused with the story that they were telling because with, with the Malloy stuff over the over the two episodes, it's it, there's a lot of funny stuff into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and in the later on in the first episode there's something that's so unfunny that it's really scary. But in this dealing with, you know, a girl and a guy in their, their issue that they're having, how did you read this scene of, of 
slight comedy, more or less. So I've seen the episode twice now, and the first time I was like, what is this? <laughs> I was not in for it. I was like, no, no, let's dial it back. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, okay, maybe this is kind of funny, sort of. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the second time, I, it actually didn't even bother me. But it, it's, mm. uh, it, it was out there the first time. I didn't expect to hear that. Because it's not so right. much what happened. It's the dialogue. It's, it's the detail. Right, the detail. Yeah. And there's, I still don't even know what she means. And I don't want to look <laughs> it up or anything. I just, I'm just going to leave that there. Uh-huh. So the different. <laughs> so, uh, no, when, not long. when I was watching it, no, but yeah. when I was watching it, I was like, AMC has come pretty far since the last time I tuned in because yeah. this is this is a lot. <laughs> I actually asked Emmett, um, I don't know if they're playing this uncensored on the channel mm-hmm. because this is a lot. Yeah, I was wondering. They get pretty yeah. rowdy in the show. Yeah, a little bit. Well, let, let's let's stay on that line since since you guys brought it up. There is a lot in this episode of of the sexual nature of the. There's a lot of racial slurs. There's a lot of a lot more violence, um, graphic violence towards the end of the first episode than mm-hmm. I was expecting. Um, and you know, AMC has The Walking Dead. It's a very overly violent show, mm-hmm. um, but it doesn't have the sexual nature to it as much, and it it doesn't have the racial slurs. And you know, we talked about this again. It's not hiding the fact of where this, uh, this the setting of the show takes place. It's not hiding who our characters are. Um, you know, and one of the things you really get from the trailers right off this right off the bat is the relationship between Louis and Lestat. Um, and the first time we see Lestat, he's and they mention it again, and Louis says it as he's telling talking doing the interview, like I was being hunted and I didn't know it. Um, like this, this sexual predator that Lestat is, um, is, is not being hidden. Um, and we see later on, you know, more and more of, of, of Lestat hunting and you know, controlling the setting for Louis. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the right on the line of like of rape and, and, and everything, a, a type of rape where they're controlling with their minds. Um, again, the, the, the like, the, is it consensual? Exactly, a consensual yeah. thing, and it, it, I think it. I think Louis mentions that at some point. Oh, in the in the second episode, where Lestat offers him into his coffin, and he says, "You know, you can be on top of whatever." And Louis talking it to to Malloy. I did this under my own free will. Mm-hmm. And again, we're talking about the racial thing again. Malloy's like, "You don't see the the relationship relationship here between a white owner and, and, a, and a, a black slave and whatnot." So right. I commend the 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 rating of the show. I commend the 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 themes that they're not shying away from. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when I I talked about this with Chris, I was watching it with my wife and my daughter was in the room. She wasn't watching the show. Mm. The first scene, the, the first scene with Louis, Lily and Lestat. And she looks over and, and Lily's rubbing her nipples. Um, my daughter, <laughs> my daughter looked over. She saw it. She got up and she got right out of the room. Like, it's just, like, like right, they're not. High, yeah, exactly. Like yeah. she wasn't watching it, but, you know, just the glance, you know, a, a side nipple. That was that was enough for her. Um, you know, and they're not hiding it they're, like. And they're not hiding the sexual relationship between Louis and Lestat, but they're not also showing them having sex. Mm-hmm. Like in that scene where they're naked and they're they're floating in the air, which is a freaking incredible scene, a cr- incredible visual. It's not like they're having you know, you know Brokeback Mountain sex or whatever. That that you know they're they're right, right in your face about it. So is, is just more to confirm though, 
we are just going to explain for this episode, I guess, right? Of course. <laughs> okay. I just thought I'd ask. It's, it's full spoilers. We're, it's, an, it's an adult show if you're watching the show. I thought we were going to be gonna... classier on this one. I, I left the, that out of the opening. The <laughs> Anyways, it's just, I just picture Brokeback Mountain. You know, they don't hide away from the fact of what they're doing. Like, there's right. ways of doing a sexual a sex scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and, and when you're talking about two men doing it, that's definitely something that Hollywood avoids at all costs. Right. Like, uh, like you know, uh, uh, them having sex. So they, they don't show them having sex, but they're, they're being very sexual. They're obviously naked and, and doing sexual things with Lily and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know. I don't even know where I started with all this, but I think it was all about the rating <laughs> of the show. Yes. Um, the rating of the show, whether it was the black, um, the, the, the racial stuff, the sexual stuff and, and, and the, the, the violence of it, you know, Cookie, how do you handle, how do you think it, it was handled? All of it, all of the, 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 the graphic nature of the show. I mean, if you're going with legit vampires, right, it's going to be gory. It's going to be sexual in nature. And aside from the catfish, uh, incident in the beginning of the episode yeah. <laughs> yeah um i think they've been handling it very tastefully like nothing I, I don't feel like anything is gratuitous over the top right yeah i think so. that's a perfect way to say it. it it's it just it feels natural i think also for the most part mm-hmm. it, we're talking about vampires like murdering each other and things but the, the way everything works out it seems natural it's not gratuitous like she like cookie said and also it's not um it, it feels like the chemistry between all these actors works so well that you just don't question what's happening on screen either it doesn't seem out of the ordinary so i mentioned in my long-winded um conversation about um, uh, the graphic nature of the Skip show it as an explicit rating yeah i will do i will do that when i upload the show um, okay. So Lestat, we we get that early shot of him, and he, he really doesn't do a lot in the first little while. He just does a lot of staring, um, a lot of peering, um, you know, peering at at Louis. And he's all he's like, it's like love at first sight for Lestat. As soon as he sees, and he mentions that later on in the second episode, I think. But the first time that I saw you, Louis, um, you were you know a strong. I think he talked about how strong Louis seemed in in the street and all that kind of stuff. He was, mm-hmm. I think, Louis was fighting his brother at the time. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what it was. So um, you, put the, you which, put a blade to your brother's breastbone. And, right. And that's was, it. So, yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Lestat kind of aside uh, again, um, he, he finds out who Louis is and he wants to be more involved in his life. He and then he 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 does it in a very jerky way as well. Mm-hmm. Like the, like Lestat is a we, like and you guys can tell me over and over again about Lestat. He's not a likable character, but but he is a likable character. Yeah. He does horrible things, but he's, you know, charismatic. He's good looking. Um, he's he's nice when he has to be. He's smart, mm-hmm. um, but he's also a, a, an asshole. He's also a manipulator. Mm-hmm. Um, and we when we see that very early on, like early on, we learn who Louis is. It, they don't they don't take long showing us who Louis is. They also don't take long showing us who Lestat is. Right, Cookie? Right. No, I think that that first scene with them together with Lily was like the perfect setup to who they are because Louis being all fiery, like, you know, who are you to question if I can get in here? And Lestat is completely emasculating him in front of Lily and it's making him mad, but he can't do anything about it because he's under like the, the spell of Lestat. And I think the, that scene set it up perfectly for you to be like, Lestat is a jerk. 
but he's charming. And I'm kind of, I'm here for it. <laughs> Chris, you, you're, you're obviously a, a ginormous fan of Lestat and, and the character. How did you feel about his introduction um, over this first episode? I've been trying to find a way to dial it back and not just make this some type of warship conversation. We're all a stat stands now. <laughs> I have. I, I think I've been on stat stands since 94. I listen love him. And this version is, uh, so it, it's important. You guys mentioned that he's, he's kind of a jerk and whatnot. This is mm -hmm. something that I, I like that they're incorporating into the story, particularly. This is all from Louis's point of view. I, I know that you know. The, I think it's called unreliable narrator. That's right. something to keep in mind because if they get to a point where you might see things a little differently, but um, that first introduction to him is just all kinds of beautiful mm -hmm. <laughs> because it really does. That is him. They nailed it in one scene, and the mm -hmm. actor Sam Reed does it effortlessly because it's not just the dialogue; it's his delivery. His mannerisms, his facial expression when he's speaking, like the callmates, like, I know who you are. And he just hands him the card, like so nonchalant after he made shit out of him. It was amazing. <laughs> I, I love that scene. I think that might be my favorite scene of the um, the premiere. Yeah, me too. The poker scene? Is that the one you guys are talking about? No, no the, uh, the balcony scene with Lily. Yeah. Oh, like, okay. How did you get through the door? <laughs> that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh so I do want to talk about his powers and his, you know, this the vampire, you know, talking in, mm -hmm. in a sense. How do you guys feel about uh, of that? It's it's you know there there's ways of showing it. They show it in in a couple of different ways with like time stopping um during the poker scene and then the mm -hmm. the scene with the family at dinner, they don't show it that way. They just show it on Paul. I, but I think time did fate, stop. Right? Yeah, but I, I, I assume that it did too. But they, yeah. they show it in different ways. How how do you guys feel about the powers? For me, they were familiar, so I didn't mind them. I think the way they were displayed was a little different, but I I liked them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I liked them too. Uh, I like well, I like what they did with the poker scene. The only thing that kind of confused me is when you look at over at the the alderman and the mayor, and they have like vampire eyes. Mm -hmm. Did you guys notice that? Yeah, I didn't know what that. I guess that's like hypnotized eyes. I uh, guess. I, yeah, no, that would make sense. Maybe that's what it was. But yeah, yeah. They, they also had like the eyes that Louis and Lestat have. <laughs> it was on. Right. So I'm like, what's going on here? That 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 was my only confusion. But uh, no, I liked them. Yeah, and you know, it's it, it's one of the many. And uh, Cookie, you mentioned it like this is a true vampire story. So there's mm -hmm. like they got the coffins and they got the, you know, the, the they don't really and they go into it a little bit in the second episode about, you know, when Louis tries to make a run for it. Mm. Um, you know, they, they talk in, you know, the vampire lore, about the sun and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, you know, we, we see it at the start of the second episode as well about the transformation that that Louis is going through. Um, so overall, I, 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 more or less, I just want to know about the relationship between um, what you guys know about vampires and what this show is showing you about vampires. Basically, all we know about it is from what Lestat is saying it to us. And Chris, you said it, unreliable, unreliable narrator. And he says it in the second episode as well. I think Louis asked him, how many vampires are there? And Louis's like, oh, there's 100. Mm. Um, you know, I, and I wonder about, you know, in, you know, we know that I, I assumed, and I assumed, and I've been saying that Lestat is not a nice person. So we don't know how much of what he's saying is truth, and what mm. how much he's saying is lies as well. Um, and you know, he could have stopped Louis from going outside. 
He could have just said, don't mm-hmm. do it. But he wanted Louis to, you know, in pain, uh, understand what it was to be Mess a vampire. around and find out. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then so come what, running what, back to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. So, Chris, what do you think about just the, the, the entire vampire nature of the show? Whether it's the coffins, the look, um, you know, the teeth, the, and we see a lot of it in with Louis in the in the in the first episode where Louis or Malloy's like, it's the daytime, like shouldn't you be sleeping? Um, mm-hmm. And he's got the fancy windows um, that kind of block out the sun and what have you. What do you think about like- just the? <laughs> yeah, those for a guy cool. who stays up until three o'clock in the morning, yeah, of course you. Those do. are cool. You press you press the button, and it's like a shade, like automatic. That's badass. How do you get that? Um, yeah, I want a whole room coffin. That's nice. Yeah, it's cool. You're standing like, in my coffin. It's neat. You just yeah. push the button. Oh, it's daylight. Cool. Or hey, now it's it's always nighttime. I don't know. Um, <laughs> the uh, so the lore, uh, um, Anne Rice has her own lore, and this mm-hmm. mostly follows that. There are a few differences, like the retractable things is not her thing. Mm-hmm. I like them though in this. I think they work just fine. I think, um, like you'll notice when Louis going nuts toward the end of the episode, stabbing Lestat, he's not phased by it. He's mm-hmm. not dying because they don't right. work that way. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. Like a stake through the heart is not their thing. You could mm-hmm. do that. They'll just keep on walking and, you know, Lestat might sing a song for you. It doesn't matter. But <laughs> I, I like the way the lore is being used. And I like that it is a true vampire story because one of my pet peeves when you hear, oh, a vampire movie is coming. But they walk in daylight. They don't have fangs, yeah. and they also work at Walmart. That right. doesn't. They work. want to put like a modern <laughs> twist on it, and it's so stupid. Right. I don't like. I don't want takes or modern twists. Just give me what's worked for over a hundred years. Right. Mm-hmm. One of the other big surprises, or one of the big, the biggest surprise for me in, in the first episode was Louis and his family. Um, his brother specifically, obviously what happens, but all of it, um, you know, his sister, his brother-in-law to be, um, his mother, that was such a, a huge curveball for me. Um, obviously having just seen the movie where the family is, um, not an integral, well, it's an integral part of the story, but not integral, um, time-wise in the movie. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, Cookie, what'd you think about Louis's family? They don't, and into the second episode as well, like that, it's very much a huge part um, of Louis. So we let's avoid Louis and his brother's fate a little bit. But before that, the the wedding, um, the relationship Louis has with, with his family, you know this, and, and they mentioned it. I think in the his sister and him mentioned it in the second episode, like the southern relationship that they have. Um, mm-hmm. you, you know, the, the, he's, his sister's making gumbo, um, that kind of thing. What, what do you think about Louis and, and his mother, his sister, and um, his brother on a whole? Like that first introduction to his brother was was a, a big big surprise to me. Right. Yeah. No, I I liked it, and because you know I'm coming at it from the movie where Louis had lost everything and he had you know nothing to live for. This this Louis now has an entire family that he has to figure out if he's gonna, you know, be disconnecting from them. Um, and then before all that, you know, seeing them all interact and rely so much on Louis bringing in money and keeping the family together, keeping the estate that was bankrupt almost, uh, keeping that afloat. Um, it's It's been really interesting seeing the dynamic with, uh, with Louis and the family, especially, and especially Paul. 
Chris, what did you think of the family family dynamic in this in the first episode and in, in, in the second episode a little bit? I like the dynamic because it's it's something different and it adds another layer to Louis. Um, I think that seeing him with his family kind of makes the fall a little bit more worth it, you know? Mm. Not like the fall of Louis, I mean, as a character. <laughs> it, it, makes it, oh. it makes it a little bit more worth it because you, you saw him at not exactly a high point in his life, but you do see him at a at a decent point. I mean, he's consistently making some money. He has um, a cool car, I guess, for the time. <laughs> he's able mm-hmm. to almost stab his brother in the street. Nobody tells him anything. Those mm-hmm. are kind of big things. Um, he, you know, and he's allowed. You know, he, he goes in places where you wouldn't normally see someone like him. So he is at some type of good place. And then we just get to see it ripped away from him, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Louis is uh, he's just such we a... We like the girl. suffering, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I want to see him as Eeyore. That's what he is. <laughs> Let's, you know, rip it away. Let's see it. Yeah. At the start of the episode, the AMC put a disclaimer on, on, the, on, the, on the show about <laughs> suicide and mental health. And I'm like, okay, well, Louis, from what I know, not a very happy guy. Um, yeah. He doesn't mm-hmm. like who he is when he becomes a vampire. He doesn't like who he is basically before he becomes a vampire. But the big, it was a big switch for me when it had nothing to do with Louis and had everything to do with Paul. Um, yeah. And, you know, my, when, so Paul, in, after the wedding of his sister, the, Paul and Louis go up on the roof to watch the sunset. Great scene. So then Paul mm-hmm. says some things and then he just jumps right off the roof. And my wife, wife, wife asked me, "Well, why did he do that? Did you guys get any of the sense? Did you understand why Paul did it? Were, were you sold on Paul's actual mental health issues? Did they did they sell it to you when, enough in the show? I mean, they did. And when I initially watched the, because I watched the the episode multiple times, when when I first watched it, I was just like, oh man, you know, he's he's got mental health issues. He's bipolar or whatever." And he just got tired and walked off the roof, mm-hmm. right? And then re-watching it, and especially after watching the second episode, how manipulative Lestat is. I'm like, did mm-hmm. he have a hand in this? Because it all kind of plays with, you know, uh, Lestat going after Louis at the funeral. And I'm like, is that, am I reading too much into it? I don't know. But that's where I was like, oh, I don't know if they're, if this is just like a, a mental health thing that maybe they didn't go into enough or if I'm reading too much into it. Chris, what do you think? First, I love that scene. It's so good it's when they're climbing up and, and Paul just listing all the food he ate. <laughs> I, yeah. really, I love that. It was, it was fun. Um, it just, what follows isn't fun. Mm. Paul's mental health. See, it's diff- It's kind of hard for me because I expected it. I knew the, the kind of the chain of events that was going to occur. So like when I saw the suicide thing at the start, I was like, oh, okay, we're going to do this. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of knew what they were doing. So his his uh, demise, the way it happens, I guess, was a little bit of a surprise, but that it happened wasn't. And um, it's set up about just as good as it is anywhere else, like in the book. You, you just get the sense that he's, He's unfortunately not all there, and they do mention he would have been. He was in a hospital before this, mm. right? At the breakfast table, they did mention that. So, I, I thought it was fitting, but at the same time, 
I do think Cookie's onto something because I thought was thinking the same thing, that Lestat may have had something to do with this, or Louis thinks he does perhaps. I don't know if yeah. Lestat's probably not going to admit that. He, he's got well, a big mouth, but I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. And, well, and Paul was saying, like, that man's the devil. Like, he told yeah. me he's the devil. Mm-hmm. And then Louis's just sitting there, like, all chill on the roof. You're like, nah, it's just something he does. It's all right. He, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, he's in Paul's head. <laughs> So, I think I think that's a that would be a really cool twist if that's what mm. they're doing, because um, not to keep referencing the book, but it, it's just coming to me. I'm sorry, <laughs> but in the <laughs> book, you know, Paul dies without Louis ever meeting Lestat. He dies in a similar fashion, but Lestat was not in the picture. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if that's another twist that they're adding to make Lestat more of the villain. So. Lestat got in Paul's head at that dinner. I, I don't remember what was said, but Louis was not happy about obviously Lestat being inside Paul's head. Cookie, do you recall what um, Lestat was 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 saying to Paul at that time? He was saying how he uh, how he came to know Christ. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, and uh, you know, going right. over all his the his, him wanting to be in the priesthood. And then he was kind of uh, insulting Paul, being like the you know the hope that satisfies the birds in your cage, <laughs> you know, in the head. I'm like, whoa. So that's another beautiful scene with Lestat. I'm just saying. Yeah, no, it was good. <laughs> and his looked like quick yeah. outburst. Then he went mm-hmm. from zero to sixty, back to zero, yeah. real quick. Perfect. Yeah. Well, because he he goes from like, oh, this is a, a sweet story, and then he gets sad. And he starts talking about his his dad and his brothers, and then you just see this darkness come over him, and then he has the outburst, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm like, "Well done, yeah, right?" Yeah. yeah, I love the line that follows. I apologize. I get my father's temper sometimes. Mm-hmm. This is good. This is great. Um, so Paul dies, and one of the big things that is is in both episodes is this also relationship that there is with God. And you mentioned it, um, Cookie, about Lestat's relationship with God or, or in Christ in some way. And Louis also in some way too. And, you know, I, the, the, the early scene with Louis and Paul going to the, uh, to the church and uh, Louis is talking with the priest and Paul goes into the, whatever those little, the things are, the confession thing. The and confession, Paul doesn't want to yeah. talk. Yeah. Paul doesn't want to talk to whoever's there. He's like, he's like uh, <laughs> a priest or whatever his name is. I only only talk to you or, nice. or whatever. So, <laughs> Yeah. So, so in the funeral is very, um, it's another pretty striking scene with the, the walk that they're doing down, you know, the middle of the street. Um, and, and, and when they get there and then eventually Louis ain't doing too good. Um, and the only place that he knows to go to, and his brother said it, um, you know, Lestat is the devil. And if you're, you know, talking about the devil and, you know, you're talking about God, the one place you would go to, um, is, is to a church. And, you know, some of the best work that, um, uh, Louis, uh, Louis, the actor who plays Louis, I think his name Jacob Anderson, does at, just at the just as he opens the door and is 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 yelling to the priest about you know or, or sorry he's he's in the confessional he's always you know I laid with a man I laid with the devil and he's just you know he's screaming it and yelling it um, you know I don't know about this the relationship with with uh, with church um, in, in in the story overall. Um, Chris, how, how do you feel about the, the 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 church scenes, the the relationship that Louis has with the church and God and, and Lestat as well? Is that a is that a through line through through most of uh, uh, Interview with a Vampire? Yeah, um, most of it is. Like 
what's interesting is the story Lestat tells at the table with uh, the family, we don't mm-hmm. know any of that when you read Interview with the Vampire because you don't find that out till the sequel books where Lestat tells his story. So it's cool that they are incorporating stuff from the other books into the first story. And um, so it is a through line with the way that they all react to God and, and whatnot. And um, Louis especially going nuts in that confessional booth. I mean, I like Jacob Anderson in Game of Thrones, but he didn't right. really get to do much. Mm-hmm. He was just kind of like warrior number seven, which was fine. <laughs> but in this, you get to really see him chew the scenery for uh, no pun intended, but it literally that's what he's doing. And it's funny because in the trailer, when you see that moment of the door opening and he's like, he's in my head and he's, he's like, that's right. kind of over the top. Mm-hmm. But when you watch it, it's not. It's actually perfectly in tone. Mm-hmm. And just the things he's saying and the way it's working out really well done. Um, he, he's proving to be a fantastic Louis. And just, you know, showing he's a good actor anyway. That's good, too. Right. <laughs> uh, that church scene is when really, you know, shit, it really hits the fan. Uh, in a lot of ways, um, Cookie, you know, you know, uh, Louis is telling the story to this priest and you hear this rumbling and crashing and smashing. And you're like, oh, he's here. You know, <laughs> Lestat is here and, and shit's about to go down. Um, you know, he rips that priest out of there. He throws him over and then he starts chomping. And that's where we first really get. I think it's our first taste of blood. Aside from when Paul hits the uh, hits the ground. I think mm-hmm. there's just kind of blood dripping out. Is that the first real violence of the show? Aside from maybe the the the. The stuff in the the the, the brothel, or well, there was well, the, the the lamplighter. Yeah, right. Yeah. Unless that kind of attacks attacks like a wild animal, which is yeah. interesting. Didn't expect that one. Yeah, no, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> like a, like, a, like a wolf or something. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so what do you guys think about that, like the, 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 the big Lestat scene of, you know, killing the priest and killing that other one with the, the slow-mo that happens, uh, mm-hmm. which was a, a really interesting way of using slow-mo too, I thought. It's not a typical slow-mo where both characters are moving in slow motion. Like this priest is, you know, he's moving very slow-mo and, and, and Lestat is walking at normal speed. Um, I thought that was very cool. And obviously Lestat punches him right through the back of the head very violent very in your in your face um yeah. you know and before the 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 this you know this the louis thing about or lestat thing where he says be my companion that this violence that 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 is coming and again we talked about it a little bit but we'll we'll talk about it a little bit more about you know the, the the graphic nature of the show and lestat being fierce as you know uh a, a killer he he's a straight up killer and th- and this scene in the church really shows that i thought obviously mm-hmm. Christopher, what? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was just kind of replaying. Uh, yeah. I like that they showed like the vampire speed with the slow motion. And then yeah, you know that was really cool. Yeah, that was really well done. I think the fist through the head was a bit much, mm. and not really in character. But hey, it's different. It's cool. It looked neat. You got to show that uh, vampire strength, you know. Right. You got to show yeah. he can punch through somebody's skull, and it looks like a Resident Evil character afterward. <laughs> uh, that was neat. Him just like destroying that priest was also unexpected, mm-hmm. but it, it fit with the story. It was neat. Um, I, I liked the scene. It was just a little bit more vicious than I was anticipating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it it was good. I just I kind of thought he'd be a little bit more delicate. 
he's making a lot of messes around New Orleans. That was my thought too. And the character himself is, you know, he 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 talks very well and he's he's very, you know, well mannered, that kind of thing. So that was my surprise too about this violence. But he's not scared to 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 straight up kill a dude. Um, you know, and, and, and straight up kill a priest as well. You know, he doesn't, he's not, he doesn't discriminate who he kills uh, in general. He, he's very, and we find it in the second episode, he's very methodical about it, how he picks his victims. But when it comes down the, in, to the stuff with the church, he, this was more emotion. Mm-hmm. I felt like this is, this yeah. is, he, he, like he, well, he went in there like angry and full of rage, mm-hmm. you know, and he's, he's yelling at Louis, like, how could you lower yourself to talk to this man? that speaks to your invisible God. And I was like, whoa, mm-hmm. he's mad. And, <laughs> he left him on red, essentially. Uh, yeah. So he wasn't having it, apparently. So, I mean, I like that the, the scene ends with him being seductive and being, mm. being my companion, but it starts out with, like, you're lowering yourself and, and I'm disappointed in you. <laughs> and he, very, he was very mad. So it was, it was good to see that side of him. Well, maybe not. I, good's a stretch, but it was interesting to see that side. He has that famous line, um, God kills indiscriminately and so shall we, for none mm-hmm. are so like him as ourselves, vampires. Mm-hmm. So I think it's also fitting with that. Yeah. So let's end that end the first episode with the with with Louis being turned. Um, Chris, how did you feel about the the again, the relationship between the two about, you know, in Lestat basically leaves it up to Louis whether or not he wants to do it. And, you know, we've talked about this where Paul maybe didn't feel like he had free will. Do you feel like Louis had the free will to, to say yes or no in this, in this, in this, um, in, in the, in the turn scene? Or do you feel like Louis was back, backwards against the wall? How do you read the, the entire um, Louis turning scene? No, I think that was his own, you know, he said, yeah, it was him accepting it. And, okay. Because like he says, he felt seen. Lestat sees him for who he is. And so I think that was all his doing and his undoing at the same time, really. Mm-hmm. But yeah, bring yeah, on yeah. the misery. <laughs> you know, I don't think it was a, a good timing to make a huge life decision like that. Mm-hmm. That was probably manipulative. But I, I do think that this was his, his choice and free will. So it ends in, you know, I, I, I think I... I think I text Chris afterwards after dinner that I was quite surprised about what I had seen in that first episode mm-hmm. um, uh, from a, a lot of different ways. But I just I thought the craft in, in the same thing as I thought when I saw the trailers, that first episode really showed me that the people who were making the show know what they're doing on all levels, mm-hmm. writing, yeah. directing, acting, um, you know, uh, setting, uh, costumes, everything. And I was quite, I, I was, you know, more or less, and it's, it's an overused term, but speechless with what I had seen. Um, you know, how did you guys feel about that ending? And, you know, Chris, we had wondered if the first two episodes were going to be released simultaneously. A lot of a lot of series do that now with, you know, the two first two episodes, three episodes in some cases. Um, how did you feel as a premiere for Interview with a Vampire being that first episode? Obviously, we liked it, but maybe just kind of expand on that uh, a little bit more. I would say it was a pretty solid way to start the story off because <clears throat> you establish all the important characters. You establish the character traits of some of these guys or characters in general, um, because it's not just Lestat and Louis, of course, it's uh, Louis's mother, his sister. We see Louis's world, the people he deals with. They establish so much 
in a single hour. It was actually surprising how coherent the story actually is. And it also gets you from the important point A, where Louis is kind of living a decent life, to point B, where Louis is on an altar full of blood. <laughs> you know. So I, I think it was a good job. Cookie, what about you? How did you feel about that that first episode on the whole? No, on the whole, it really exceeded my expectations because I wasn't expecting to fall in love with these characters so immediately, which, mm-hmm. you know, surprised me. I think everybody is written so well. Even the side characters are written well. And the, the set designs are so beautiful. And I, I feel like there's been so much time and care and money thrown at this show <laughs> that it, it, it doesn't go unnoticed. And I appreciate it. And uh, I was very excited to see that they put the second episode up on AMC Plus, <laughs> like right away, because I'm like, I need, I need the second episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need it. I'm so glad they did. Well, that, yeah, well, the second episode um, picks up right where the first one left off for the, um, all of it. Um, you know, it's interesting that each episode, I think, is going to be an episode in Malloy's recording as well. Um, mm-hmm. I think he mentions, you know, this is episode two. Um, of, of the recording, all that kind of stuff. And we see a little bit of a setting change for uh, the present day stuff. Um, Louis not around. Um, Aloy's kind of on his own talking. And I, th- I, I didn't pick up on the, the character that was with Louis in the first um, episode in the present day stuff. Kind of as like his, I don't know what you would call it, his, his assistant just, in some way. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was a really interesting thing. And Malloy trying to ask him questions. I feel like this, like, this guy isn't going to go away. I feel like he's no. going to be somebody that we're going to see. So I, I like that. Um, and then, you know, it's interesting. Malloy's having a seven-course meal. Um, you know, and like he's like, why? How many courses are there? And all this kind of <laughs> stuff. And where's Louie and all this kind of stuff? So in that in that first opening scene of the present, I, I think a lot of stuff changes at the end of the episode during the present um, day stuff. So I want to get to that stuff at the end. But how did you guys feel about in the in the past it picking up right where we left off? Um, you know, there is time jumps in the episode and we can talk about that too, but right off the bat, it's, uh, Lestat carrying, or I think he's, he's got a, a wheelbarrow or something with the, with the priest in it and, and Louis behind him dying. Um, uh, yeah. how'd you feel about the, you know, we're, we're right out the gate giving us the, um, this, you know, picking up right where the first episode left off. How'd, how'd you feel about that cookie? I loved it. I was like, okay. Cause I, I wanted to see uh louis do like the full turn you know kind of like how they did in the movie where he's like look with your vampire eyes you know that's that's what i wanted to see and they did the nod kind of with the with statue and everything so i like that um i like lestat talking about how you can't drink blood of the dead mm-hmm. it was kind of like setting up uh rules so yeah, that, that's the feeling I got about the second episode as well. Is the, this was the rules episode? Mm-hmm. This is where we learn about who the who who the vampire is, and we learn about more who Lestat is, obviously, um, right. and we learn about who Louis wants to be and who he doesn't want to be. Um, mm-hmm. Chris, how'd you feel about the 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 opening of episode two with you know dropping us right in the middle of things, right in that graveyard? That's what I was waiting to see too. I wanted mm-hmm. to see the point where Louis's body dies and he continues on. Um, I'm glad they did do it. I like the way they did it with him just kind of stumbling behind Lestat, who's just doing his thing, you know, mm-hmm. and he's like barking at him, like, oh, yeah, that's nothing. It's fine. <laughs> like, he even breaks, I, I don't know if it was a priest or his assistant priest. 
He breaks he their breaks legs it. to make them fit in the tomb. So the set is still going on like this is a Saturday afternoon at the park. Yeah, this is just a cleanup. It's fine. Right. This is nothing. This is nothing, guys. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to break this. And Louis like dying on the side of him. <laughs> I, I, I like the way they, they position that. And I did like the nods because there are a few nods to the movie throughout these two episodes. And that mm -hmm. was a cool one, especially with the angel for Statuator. Mm -hmm. It doesn't take very long for Louis to change, to turn. Mm -hmm. he's, he's dying, he's dying, he's dying, and then Lestat stuffs that guy's body into the crypt or whatever, and he turns around and, and Louis got the look on his face. Like, like drunk or something. <laughs> yeah, he, and that was the really interesting, that scene where he, he uh, I think it's Malloy who says it in the recording, like, you were basically loaded. <laughs> and like he, 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 we see the the close up of Lestat's face, and the and the light. It's like a what do you call those things that you look through and you turn um, a kaleidoscope. Kaleidoscope, thing. yeah. Kaleidoscope. It's like oh, like that's what it's like to be uh, to be turned by a vampire and high high on vampire, I guess. Mm. Um, so I really, I really like dug that scene, but it it, it surprised me how quick it was. Like Louis yes. walking and stumbling through this graveyard, and then he, like I said, he stuffs the body in the in the tomb and he turns around and Louis fine and he's well, mm -hmm. not fine, but more or less turned. W was that a different thing that anybody was, was anybody surprised by that? No. Well, cause I'm like, it's, it's a show. They got to keep the pace up. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how I took it. So I was like, all right, this is fine. He turns around and then Louis hi, that's great. <laughs> so. Yeah. I, I was fine with it. Cause I, even in, you know, other stuff, it, it is quick. Like I think in the, in the movie, it's even shorter period of time. I want to say it's like, 30 seconds or less mm. Louis like writhing around on the ground then the blood just goes into his skin somehow and he's all happy as shit afterwards so right or happy as Louis can be and it, yes. it takes about 30 seconds or so <laughs> uh so then they more or less go hunting I guess um mm -hmm. together and Louis wants to just go to the closest person possible but he all it, it's interesting the way he finds this person and this where the um uh, again the sexual nature of it louis attracted to the sailor guy yeah. you know mm -hmm. he's he's got muscles and he's a strong guy and he's smoking and he's you know super sexy and unless that's like whoa man just because he's good looking doesn't mean you can just grab this guy and eat him You're like what happens when he's dead and these people come looking for him mm -hmm. um and and so on and so on so like and i mentioned this before Lestat's very methodical in the way he picks people and they pick out this loser um, and they talk to him and they take him back to this house. This guy is one of the stupidest people I've ever met in my life. He just, <laughs> and he gets back to there. So just the so 20s. you guys know, just so you guys know, we're here just to talk about uh, whatever we're talking about. And then the stats like, okay, Larry, go ahead. Um, so I just, this guy was stupid. You know, you're going mm -hmm. back. And he's only saying that because he, he obviously he doesn't know that he's about to get killed by a vampire. He's doing it because he's like, oh, I don't want to have sex with these two guys. What right. are you going back to the house for? <laughs> like, you, you're at a bar. These two good-looking guys, and they, when they, I assume they say, oh, come back to our house for a drink. What are you thinking is going to happen, sir? <laughs> I would like to see how that even happened. Like, how do you yeah. – or maybe they hypnotize him to come back. I don't know. But, That's like, true. how do they get this guy <laughs> come back to our flat? Right. While the staff's, like, like clipping his blonde hair. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, do you really need to make a tractor sale that bad? It's like, you're going to put yourself in that situation. <laughs> That's what it was. These guys selling tractors. tractors. Also, hypothetically, this had to be know. like, yeah, and this had to be like at 5 a.m. because the sun comes up as they're doing this. So, mm -hmm. what was this tractor guy expecting? <laughs> like, I can't. I'm like, are times really that different back then that you don't yeah. know that if you're going to somebody's house <laughs> yeah. from After a bar? A bar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
two look two good looking guys at a bar and they're and mm-hmm. Louis looking at you like <laughs> like he wants to you know kiss you on the neck not bite it like oh yeah. anyways so um anyways I, I just like this list that okay Louis go ahead and he just mm-hmm. jumps on him and the, there's this little bit of a fight and the, the guy tries to turn and the more the vampire uh powers with the speed uh getting to the door and all that kind of stuff so I really like that scene um, mm-hmm. that was really cool. And I really liked the scene afterwards where <laughs> Lestat's rolling the guy up in a rug, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I just thought that was so funny. Anyways, Louis on the couch and he, he ain't looking too happy. Mm-hmm. He doesn't look fulfilled in a way, you know, and it's just, it, I picture this thing about being an addict, um, you know, and all the movies that I've seen about addiction and the little bit that I know about it, you know, people who get high. After they get high and after they're done being high, they don't feel too good. They don't like it, but they want more of it. So it's it's an interesting relationship between the two, uh, very obvious relationship. But, you know, I really like that Louis sitting there, you know, he's mucking around with his teeth and mucking around with his mouth. He doesn't like, you know, he doesn't like what he just did. Um, and right. I really, I like that they sold us that right off the bat, Cookie. Yes, that was great. No, well, n- going back a little bit i liked that lestat was sitting on the steps and he's just yes. like no stop stop if you don't slurp it yeah. you know don't bite it you the don't blood. You, bite you... the blood yeah yes. <laughs> so i was like oh this, i'm like this is kind of cute and then you know they're rolling this dude up and he's like oh we need well, we should get a persian next time <laughs> like completely nonchalant and and poor louis like what have i done and the guilt setting in and you're like oh this, this this poor guy. <laughs> uh, Chris, what do you think about that the 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 realization from Louis that he's not happy with with who he is, and that's another thing that they don't, you know, they don't take long telling us, and, and that's the thing that the thing is with Louis, and there's another scene where Louis lying down. I forget maybe in the middle or towards the end of the episode, where Louis lying on a couch or on a bed somewhere, um, and he doesn't like who he is. He doesn't like what he has to do. Um, what do you think about? And I, I think you like that. You like Louis not being a happy person because you're yeah. a sicko. Um, but how would you feel about <laughs> them? Louis you know, is the way to go. <laughs> not not wasting uh, too much time to to tell us what what Louis in for uh, as mm-hmm. a vampire. Well, yeah, because Louis is, is a different kind of person. I mean, Lestat is is basically an animal. Even you know any version you look at, he's kind of like an animal. But Louis is a different person. He's much more endearing and worried about things and. He's still connected to these humans and whatnot. Lestat's been a vampire, I think, at this point, probably for like, I think, over 200 years. So this is just what you do to him. To Louis, I just ate a tractor salesman. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and his daughter's not getting a pony now. Yeah, Right. There's no yes. pony. If, if there was even a, a daughter to begin with, he could have just been selling them. Mm-hmm. Again, true. at a bar at 4.30 in the morning or 5 in the morning. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Where it goes from here in the next scene. Um, but I feel like I want to talk about more of Lestat's house, which they show us a lot of. Oh, oh right after that, Louis runs outside. And that's another thing I wanted to talk about was, and we see a little bit at this in the first episode where I think Louis sticks his hand in the sun and it burns a little bit and there's in the more uh, skin dust or whatever. Um mm. How do you guys? How do you how do you feel about that cookie? About the 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 sun hitting the vampire skin? How how did that vibe with you? The, the them showing us what the sun does uh, to vampires. 
I mean, that I liked, but I was like, oh, this is this is pretty intense. <laughs> like, mm. I'm thinking to myself, how long can they stay out in the sun without, you know, basically mm-hmm. com- completely turning to ash? But uh, no, I liked how they did that and how, you know, he ran over and got the jug of milk and tried covering <laughs> himself. But uh, yeah, no, I thought it was a great effect. Yeah, the, the what- effects on that were great. One thing, yeah. and I wanted to ask you about Chris. What do you think about this idea that, and we saw it in the first episode again with the uh, the the you know the Louis living room coffin with the the mirrors. I always assume that it's a it's a it's a time of day, not more or less the sun coming um, up, but it's a time of day that they need to go to sleep. Um, like I, I I can't I can't think of a, a vampire movie off the top of my head, but it's like they can't um, they so can't function during. Yeah, they can't function well, during that, the day. How'd you feel about that? Where, you know, Lestat has to come to the door and save him. He puts a, you know, a blanket over his head or whatever. Um, you know, how'd you feel about that, that, that vampire nature of the show? Like their bedtime varies from movie to movie, any kind of vampire movie you watch. Some of them are like comatose as soon as the sun comes up. Some of them are like, oh, I can't do anything but sit in this coffin. And some of them could be awake the full 24 hours. It doesn't bother them. They just have nothing else to do during the day. <laughs> So it's like, oh, okay, I'll just, I'll just go to sleep. Screw it. Um, in this case, though, I like the way that they're doing it. And a fun thing I noticed, Louis's hand in the second episode is still burnt. Yes. I know. Even oh. as he's eating and stuff, you could see the damage is still there. So mm-hmm. I'm wondering how long it takes to repair themselves after sun damage. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure he didn't have a meal ready after he got burned. That's right? true. Maybe. Maybe. Right. I need to rewatch it now, though. I yeah, because they do a bit of a time jump from I think when they share the coffin until we see them again. I think there is a time jump. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's what I wanted to get you next. So yeah, um, Lestat mentions, "Oh, Louis, we'll get you a coffin. We'll get you somewhere to sleep." Um, and then he goes to his mother's at, at some point. I don't know the the A to B to Z all the way in the second episode, but he goes to his mother's at a certain point, and and she mentions or his sister mentions like we haven't seen you in. Like six months, I feel like she says. Well, she said a season. A season. A season. Yeah. yeah. So maybe three months. We'll we'll say. Um, was that jarring to anybody? The, the little, little bits of time jump. Like Louis feels like he was at his family's house more than I more than maybe I thought. And maybe mm-hmm. that's in in the first episode we see his family a bunch, and he's there, and then the wedding, and then the the dinner, and his stuff with Paul. And then obviously after Paul dies, his mother uh, is not very nice to him. So I get that why he doesn't come around, but it's obviously that he's also a vampire. So he doesn't come around. Did the time jump bother anybody? And it's not a prominent time jump. It's a couple of months. It's not that big of a deal. You guys are all shaking your heads. So uh, that's that's the end of that conversation. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's fine. It's great. (laughs) Did it bother you? It didn't bother me. I was just surprised by it, and more or less, if I, I, I think if I didn't talk to my mother for three months, but that's the thing. She, he, Louis, Louis's mom says, you know, it's been a season, and I live just mm-hmm. around the street. And then Louis says the exact same thing. Oh, I, I live down the street. You didn't come see me either. So they're they're telling us um, that it's a thing. Um, I, maybe I just wasn't expecting there to be well, a time I mean, jump, considering how the second episode starts right after the first one ends. Mm-hmm. She also told Louis, Paul is in hell because of you. Yeah. Yes. So there is. She was, that, she was mean about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there is that disconnect between them. Even at the funeral, I mean, Lestat made it worse. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and yeah. she mm-hmm. saw that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, 
No, and then he's reading her mind about the the glasses, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. she's like, you know, men like him. So she knows that he's gay, mm -hmm. and she's she's not she's not approving at all. And it's like, well, it's like, why am I coming here if you think I, you know, I put my brother in hell, and mm -hmm. you don't like my lifestyle? So. Or my cool sunglasses. Or my cool sunglasses that the doctor says I gotta wear. Yeah, <laughs> wearing sunglasses at night, I tell you. Yeah, he's ahead of his time. <laughs> um so where do we go next um louis doesn't and lestat mentions this that you know louis wants to continue his life with the humans he wants to stay in their lives um you know and then louis wants to buy a brothel so they do and lestat helps him with it mm -hmm. i didn't understand mm -hmm. that did did they do that um uh legally or did mm -hmm. lestat Mind meld no. somebody to do that? How do you guys uh, tell L me about L that? The stat says he's got all the money that they need, so well, that's basically right. loaded, and he buys the Fair Play Saloon, which is the one that Louis goes to visit Miss Lillian in the first one, mm. not the first episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't think so, there was any manipulation there. I okay. think it was just it was just money, lots yeah. of money. The stat's got money. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, that that made me think about it. So. And, and Lestat, they're talking, and there's the really cool scene where they're walking down the street, um, and more of the rules that are happening um, about the the reading minds thing. Um, you know, if you can if you can feel a heartbeat, and you can feel it's basically just like that. You can feel their mind. Um, I thought it was a cool scene with like the 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 older gentleman. And he says, you know, he hasn't eaten in a day and a half or whatever. Um, <laughs> and, and Louis can read his mind. So I like all that stuff. Damn it, I didn't know where I was going to go with that when I started. The started this line um anyways <laughs> um so yeah the, the louis reading his mind or reading minds and learning stuff um and uh, oh here it is lestat is fully invested in louis mm -hmm. very quickly he, he helps him buy this thing he's doing the coffin um and is it because lestat read his mind and it's an interesting thing you can't read minds of the dead so they can't read each other's mind now that well, they're both vampires the, right the, he can't read louis mind he could read other vampires minds Oh, also oh, because he turned Louis, right. he can't you, read his uh, mind. Right. Oh, I didn't. Uh, yeah, I missed. Okay, so how do you feel about Lestat going full on, full in this relationship? Like, there's, you know, it's been a few months. Lestat is, you know, he he he's very enamored with Louis right off the bat, and he, we see it later on when Louis kills that one guy who disrespects him. And like they're still this, they still yell at each other like they're you know teenage boys, <laughs> like they're brothers almost. But you know, Louis or Lestat, you know, turned him, and he, you know he's bought him a coffin in his house. Like they're moving in together very quickly here, Chris. You know, Lestat's invested in this relationship very very quickly. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that's kind of that's the way the character is. Mm -hmm. I, I, I like that. And the way that they're showing the, the the way these two have met and become friends and companions and, and you know, all the other stuff that they are, hunters, lovers, there's a lot of stuff. But um, the way that they've shown it, I think it makes sense within the, the, the story because also time has been passing. From the time that Louis and Lestat right. first meet to, I believe, the point where he's doing the rules conversation about the, the mind reading, I'm gonna guess like six months have passed. I thought Louis said five years. 
Did he? Remember, because the guy said, oh, where's the Fair Play Saloon? He's like, you're about five years too late. And then they oh, pan yeah. up. Okay, so there we go. And five like years. It's a whole new name. That's right. So I was like, oh, that's that's quite a time jump. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and Grace has like three kids at that point, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's so the, the other twins thing that and then the baby. Me. Yeah, that's right, the other so, yeah. thing that switched me. Their relationship is like really just developed over time. And that version mm. that we see of them, it, they've been together for a while. Right. And even, you know, and Lestat says, you know, the worst part about being a vampire is the loneliness. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, you know, decades and decades of loneliness. And he's like, you take that away from me. So it's like, of course, he's going to want to, you know, spoil him with, you know, saloons and treats. coffins <laughs> and treats. Yes. Also, so. um, vampires are clingy. They're clingy creatures. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> They are. Like, hey, I met you tonight. We are together forever, bud. That's it. You're my companion forever. Right. I like the way you almost stabbed your brother. We are cool. <laughs> um, so, okay. So, Lestat, Lestat wants to... <coughs> sorry. Lestat wants to do something with Louis. He wants to do something for him, more or less. And, you know, Lestat, and Chris, you mentioned it, you think he's been a vampire for 200 years already. He, talk, he talks about just going to this opera or whatever, and he knows the, <laughs> the person that wrote it. I think that's what he said, right? He met him um, 70 years ago. Right. So, you know, we're, we talked about how, you know, Lestat's a killer, and he's, he's cold-blooded, all that kind of stuff, but he's very civilized. And I mentioned to you, Chris, he's very much like Hannibal Lecter to me. Mm -hmm. um, and I, yeah. I, I, I don't know if Hannibal Lecter is more or less based on Lestat in, in a sense, um, or just like the, the subtle thing where he's a normal person. If you talk to him, he's a normal person, but in, behind your back, he's eating people. So they go to this opera thing um, and they're watching it in Lestat. And I think it's Louis talking to Malloy at this sense, you know, um, and we talked about, you know, the relationship about, you know, Louis had to walk behind him and can't sit with him until the lights are on gone down. So we covered that, but we didn't cover th this side of Lestat about how he's, he's, he's a man of, you know, he's a smart guy. He's, he, he's, he's very knowledgeable about lots of things. He's well-read mm -hmm. um, and he's civilized. So he, he's enjoying the opera and he, he's enjoying this woman who's singing and it's great. And then all of a sudden this big bulky, you know, eyebrowed uh, guy starts absolutely butchering this this song that they're singing mm -hmm. and it's like you know it's, it's it's you could just see like if if he if, if Lestat had a vein on his forehead it'd just be pulsing <laughs> right now and he if he could he would he would jump over the railing and kill this guy right away and Chris you mentioned it and I'll let you talk about it this way of you know how offended Lestat is about, about this guy and how he makes these little markings on, on he's he's like a guy at a baseball game keeping score with his own scorecard. Mm -hmm. You know, Lestat's got the freaking, you know, the musical notes in front of him. He's, he's feeling the music as he's reading the music. I, I thought, it, you know, for telling us who Lestat is, I, I really love how they're doing that in a lot of different ways. Um, you know, Chris, how did you feel about this, this scene? And it, obviously I, another reason, how the hell they get this guy to come back to their house? I have no idea. Um, well, that I could buy him. I can buy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's true. <laughs> um, <laughs> So Lestat's marking the um, the musical notes with blood and all this kind of stuff, saying, oh, you screwed up here, bud. Um, and he takes it back to his house, and he's showing him how to do it. And, and Louis is just sitting on this couch like, oh, man, man, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Like, are you like, what are you doing to this guy? You're embarrassing him, and then you're going to kill the guy? Um, mm -hmm. You know, how do you feel about this whole scene where they go go for this little road trip with uh, Louis and Lestat? 
this is another really great display of their relationship and how they are with each other and just how much how complex of a character Lestat is. Because, yeah, he is a killer, but he's a really posh killer. He likes to be well-dressed. He likes to be clean unless apparently he's eating. But he, <laughs> he's very posh, and he loves the arts. That's a big thing with the character. He <laughs> loves them. So to see them display it like this was so much fun, too. Because like you said, that vein was popping. I was like, he would do that. <laughs> this is so accurate. Mm-hmm. And when he made initially was making the notes, I was like, what is he doing? Why is he doing yeah. that? And then when you see the payoff of it, I was like, that is genius. And he's still bickering with the guy as he's singing. Because <laughs> like he's playing his piano, doing what he's doing, and the guy's singing, like, that's not right. This is what you do. It was really like, a, the note is here. You were here. And right. I'm like, like, oh, it's so vicious. <laughs> and and he knows where he's going with this. Like, it isn't, he's not just going to let him go after he shows him the right music. He's like, you screwed up. This isn't your second chance. I just want to see if you can do it. And I'm still going to kill you. And he does. <laughs> and he still couldn't do it. I felt no. so bad. It was sad. <laughs> it was sad. Because it, it, it was just, it was cruel, mm-hmm. I would say. Yes. It was, it was very, it was done classy, but it was still very cruel. Like, it, oh, my God. I think it might be the. Is it the cruelest kill we've seen so far? I, Just because I, they played with their food, essentially. Basically, yeah. That that's kind of how I was taking it. Was that it was they're, they're playing with their food, and this is just cruel. Hmm. And they need a new it, rug, I think. Yeah. Another one. <laughs> uh huh. Um, is there anything else that anybody want to talk about for episode two that we didn't get to? Well, there was one thing. So when uh, Louis and Daniel are talking, they're talking about all the different vampires that he could talk to from mm-hmm. his balcony, right? And they're talking about the Great Conversion. Yes. I'm like, are they gonna are they gonna get into that at all? As far as like what these other vampires are planning, and they're using uh, the pandemic to their uh, advantage as well. Uh- are they talking about COVID as well? Is that what they're yes. talking about? Yeah. yeah did they the say, wearing the mask. They, yeah. Did they say COVID though? Mm-hmm. I they was, didn't. They, well, they said the pandemic and then they said the, the virus that, you know, that Daniel could catch on the plane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's got an autoimmune disease. So I'm assuming they're talking about modern day COVID. They even mentioned a variant. Yes. Yeah, I yeah. I just wasn't sure if they were if they were talking about something else because they didn't outrightly say it, and that's something that I talk that we talked or that I wanted to talk about was the the, the Malloy and, and and Louis thing a little bit more, and they were talking about a sickness, and and mm-hmm. they're in where are they in in the Dubai. in the present day Dubai Dubai, yeah, yeah and all and, and but it's they think they say June is it June twenty twenty two is that what yeah. I, I want so. to say that's what yes, it is. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. So what is going on with the with the? Okay. So we're gonna we're gonna assume that it's COVID. That's fine. What is going on with the, this great conversion cookie? What is going on with these other vampires? And and are you surprised that we're getting a present day storyline mixed in? That's, not just the yeah. Interview. Yeah. No, that's what surprised me. Also, is that I feel like there's a whole other thread that they're you know going with as far as these vampires converting and creating more vampires and i'm like i'm thinking to myself i'm like if this is like a great conversion you're gonna kill off your food supply basically (laughs) so i'm like but uh yeah no i thought that was really interesting 
Chris, how'd you read the, the this this conversation? You know, I like, I think it's, is it the end of the first episode where they go out on the balcony yeah. and they have a conversation? And but then, then they come back later, in. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then later on in the second episode, they're talking about, you know, how they can talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, how, how'd you feel about them? Again, more vampire rules and more vampire lore yeah. kind of mixed in. Aside, yeah. And then aside in the mixed in, what, what is going on with this conversion? And, you know, over a hundred years ago, there's a hundred vampires, Lestat says. Mm-hmm. You know, how many How many vampires are there now? Did Louis say how many there were now? Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think he did. If he, if he did, I missed it. Yeah. Um, the conversion thing kind of threw me because, like, what are they talking about? Like, is there like an overarching storyline they're building here? Um, like, is there going to be more about that, or are we just going to focus on interview with the vampire? I'm kind of curious what they're doing there. And I think I read AMC is planning like. Um, spinoffs, but they're going to be shorts. So I'm wondering if that is part of that or, or what it is. And it kind of makes me just wonder what is their end game with the series? Right. See, I was kind of wondering if maybe the, the vampire from Madagascar was like this big bad vampire mm-hmm. that in like a short they turn around and they're like, okay, well we got to take this dude out because he's planning a great conversion kind of thing. So yeah, and I heard, I heard that. And I was trying to think what vampires in Madagascar. I was trying to think of all the characters. Like I don't think any of them are. Mm. One thing that I did want to end. Yeah, one thing I did want to end about when we're talking about episode two, and then we'll kind of do a, a wrap up and a quick look ahead. Is this more this relationship between Louis and Malloy, which I absolutely love. Um, I love this. You know how guarded Malloy is. And then when he slightly lets his guard down at the end there, when he's talking about his wife and he's talking about his addiction and he's like, okay, that's enough of this. And he closes his laptop. Um, and it, it, it kind of, I think there's another 10 seconds after that of nobody talking and then mm-hmm. just looking at each other. Um, Louis eating uh, some kind of fancy dessert that he hates. Um, he says it tastes like ash and, and paste or whatever, it's, which is an interesting so, thing. Yeah. Um, you know, again, I, I really, uh, and I, just like you were surprised cookie, but how there is a storyline going on in this interview uh, interview timeline in the present day. I was really surprised about again this relationship between Malloy and and Louis. And it's interesting that it. I think they maybe they added this first interview, and this is being the second one, just so we know that there is a history between the two. Mm-hmm. Like, you guys can tell me if I'm wrong, but that first in in the movie with Slater and 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 Brad Pitt, it's straight up an interview. There's no connection. It feels right. like between the two. It's one person asking one person a question and the other one answering. This one, they know each other, um, you know, and they can joke with each other as well. Again, when um, Louis holding his sister's baby and Malloy asked him about six times, did you eat the baby? Did you eat the baby? So did you eat the baby? I was so um, tense. Um, and so, yeah, oh, I know. And it's it just like how Malloy isn't surprised about anything that he's hearing as well, because he's more or less heard these stories before, but he's hearing them in a, in a different way now. Um, and I like how each episode is bookended by the, the two characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's a really interesting thing. And again, something that I wasn't, I, I guess I shouldn't have been surprised by it, but that this, this present day stuff is, is surprising. And, and again, who Louis is now um, compared to what we're seeing as well. I like the, the correlation between the two. Uh, Chris, how do you think about the bookending of each episode, um, starting with Malloy and, and Louis and then ending with Malloy and Louis? I like that. I think it's a good way to keep pushing that this Louis is different. This is the present Louis. He's grown since then. Also, I just like this version of Daniel a lot. 
this is a good version of him in, in the mm. like books i didn't never really like daniel <laughs> i like the christian well, slater yeah. version but it's probably because it's christian slater and i love christian that's slater. right <laughs> that's a whole other thing that you know it's, it's him so it's cool but this version you know they got a great actor to do it so i like that they're bookending this and i like the um you mentioned that since these two have history their dynamic is different so mm -hmm. i like seeing that and you see it against the dynamic between lestat and louis where it's very much i'm your superior i'm going to teach you everything but i'm going to say we're equals whereas this it's switched i am the superior i i louis am the superior you're just a dude with parkinson's right now mm -hmm. so I, I like that and i like that they did the the callback to the first interview where he you know he plays you know um, Daniel plays the tape of him yeah. saying, like, why don't you turn me? And then, and then Louis goes insane. And then Louis, yeah, Louis says that he's disrespectful, but it, but it, it shows that they've both grown. They've both matured. You know, it's, this isn't another fever dream told to a junkie. This is, mm -hmm. you know, hmm. actual truth. And Louis apologizes from, for the from, Yes. Which I appreciated. I didn't. I didn't catch it the first time. I had to when I watched it again. I was, oh, that's what Louis apologized for. Yeah, that's what I was wondering too. Was he talking about in the first episode? That's what I was wondering about, like our first interview. Like, you didn't freak out. I'm like, what's what's happening here? But the, I'm glad you guys said that because now I understand what you're talking. Yeah, about. Yeah, he meant the mm -hmm. tape. Yeah, it, you know, in the movie, Louis goes nuts. In the book, Louis goes nuts. <laughs> so he did here too. Right. It's disrespectful. I agree. <laughs> Um, okay, so I think that covers most of what we wanted, what I wanted to talk about for episode one and two, and we covered. I want to wrap it up with the idea of this show in general. Um, this is a second adaptation of a book. The first one ad, uh, changed things from the book, um, and this second adaptation, a TV show, is changing things from the movie adaptation and from the book. Um, and we talked about it again a little bit at the start, but I think I feel like it, it, it is worthy of a, another another conversation. How I think it's very fascinating how you adapt something that's already been adapted, and how you change that thing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Cookie, how do you think? You know, I'm not gonna. Ask, uh, sure, I'll ask you. How do you think they 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 did it for you, of adapting an adaption and and you know, selling something for you guys who are huge fans of the movie. And then huge fans of the books as well. How do you think they did over again? It's only two episodes. You know, they could totally go off the rails in the next um, six or whatever. Don't um, put that evil into existence. With, with, <laughs> with, with, with weird changes and you know, totally changes. And we're going to see um, one of the biggest changes, um, which we haven't seen yet, in in a character um, that we haven't seen yet. So you know, Cookie, how do you feel about this? This it it, it is one of the biggest changes for an adaptation as well. I think. Obviously, changing the race of a certain character, changing the, the time, um, adding things in from the books and taking things out from the movie. Overall, how, how do you think they did with all that stuff? Overall, I think they did really good because although they've made changes to characters, the themes are still there. The basic themes of, you know, the, the becoming a vampire and dealing with the morality mortality like it, it's all still there and i feel like they're trying to stay as true to the to the books as possible so 
so far, two episodes in, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good about it. I hope they don't mess it up <laughs> in the coming episode. But uh, yeah, no, I, I, I feel like the, the story is in good hands so far. Chris, uh, how do you think they are doing with it? And then I mentioned that character that we haven't seen yet, Claudia. And from the trailers, it's a big change. Mm. Um, she's older. Um, mm -hmm. Again, she's she's not Kirsten Dunst. Um, but from what we've seen from Lestat and the the the, the violence, you know, she and I mentioned this to you. She's going to be an absolute savage in this show. I can't wait. You know, so look look a little bit forward for what we're going to see with episodes three, four, five, six, uh, seven, and eight. How do you feel like this show is going? Where do you want it to go? Where do you expect it to go? Um, you know, when we mentioned, I think it's already been renewed for a second season. Yeah. Um, you know, and we'll, we'll just talk about this now about, you know, what we wanted for the show. And then we'll talk about it when we get to the, to the last episode and talk, look back and then look forward again. But where, where do you see the show going? Where do you want it to go? Um, how, how are your feelings about the progression of the show going forward? I actually don't know where it's like immediately going because that they, that convergence thing or conversion thing that really is still throwing me. I, I don't know what that is, but if, I had to pick. I want to see them take the events of the book and just keep expanding. Because I imagine um, Claudia is probably episode four, the halfway mark. That's my guess. And this is a very different Claudia, just you know, basing what we see in a trailer or a picture or just the actress. But at the same time, I can't really get upset about them changing Claudia, considering she's supposed to be six years old. So <laughs> that mind, like, you know, you can't have a six-year-old going nuts on a homeless dude in the park. It just, I mean, you could, but it's going to be weird. And also, mm -hmm. you're going to have to get a kid to do that. So, you know, Kirsten Dunst was a specific circumstance where she was older, so they played that older Claudia. And even then, it was questionable. You know, there's parts where she kisses Brad Pitt, and it's like, whoa, how did we get yeah. here? And <laughs> It's odd, so I, I don't mind. I do think the final episode is probably them leaving for Paris and Lestat in mm. flames. That's my guess. <laughs> uh, and, and the way they're setting him up, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing him get murdered, quotations, and his vicious <laughs> comeback. I'm just, mm. I want to see his vicious comeback already. I'm excited. <laughs> Cookie, what about you? What are you? What are your? You know, looking forward a little bit. What are you hoping to see uh, in the coming episodes? Uh, pretty much the same as Chris. I want to see. Uh, uh, I want to see Claudia. I want to mm -hmm. see how she deals with being a vampire. How she deals with uh, the fact that she's not going to age, and all of that. Uh, and I want to see uh, Lestat get torched. It's going to be fun. It is. It's going to be such <laughs> yeah. fun. Because <laughs> I think about how rageful he was in the church, mm -hmm. and I'm like, if you crank this up to eleven and then set him on fire, it's yeah. gonna be it's gonna be amazing television. It's gonna be so cool to see him just flailing around on fire, Michael Myers style, mm -hmm. yelling and doing whatever. It's gonna be so because cool. mm -hmm. like Tom yeah. Cruise's version was kind of calm about dying. Really, mm -hmm. he wasn't too rowdy. Really, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this one is gonna go nuts. I'm excited. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, 
I think that's going to about do it, guys. We uh, we talked about a lot in those first two episodes, um, and there was a lot in those first two episodes yeah. as well. And there's even more to come. It would have been interesting if they introduced Claudia in the first two episodes. Mm-hmm. How no. it might have been a little overstuffed. Um, it's yeah. interesting, like you said, and Chris, you think episode four, that still gives us another episode of more of the Lestat-Louis relationship mm-hmm. um, and more of the building. Cool. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, it is how, how, how they're going to build it. Yeah, because the, the family dynamic is a whole other thing once you get to that point. Mm-hmm. Because you still have Louie being depressed and, and all that. And then Lestat's basically got a partner to kill and go nuts with at that point. Mm-hmm. Like, I have my serial killer family. <laughs> so it, it's a fun, well, maybe fun's not the right word, but it's a fascinating <sighs> thing to watch. <laughs> or should be. Yeah, it's going to be Fun for you two stickos. <laughs> if you can't appreciate the violence and, and the depravity, I mean, what are we doing here? Seriously, <laughs> what are we even doing here? <laughs> no. that, that's that is a recipe for some good gravy, really. There you go. Hey, mix it in <laughs> podcast. Good job. Hey. <laughs> I do what I can. All right, guys, that's going to do it for interview. Our first episode of Interview of the Geeks, talking about the first two episodes of Interview with the Vampire. Um, before we get on out of here, Cookie, where can people find you? I am on Twitter uh, at CookieCritter44. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram if you care at all about makeup, Halloween makeup. Uh, that's Cookie Monster Makeup. Chris? Uh, first, check out Cookie's Instagram. It, well, I see the stuff on Twitter, but it, it's badass. She does some really cool stuff. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Thank um, you. you guys can follow me on Twitter at thatchris70. But as usual, I prefer you guys follow the show at Tia the Geeks. Emmett is better with all the uh, other plugs and and all that fun stuff. So uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Emmett Davis Seven. And like Chris said, uh, Gathering of the Geeks is where we would love it if you follow. We are available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Just search Gathering of the Geeks, and you will find us. We will be back next week. Talking more interview with a vampire for interview with the geeks. Uh, and saying all that for Cookie and Chris, and I'm Emmett, and we gather on Sundays. I don't have a clever outro yet. We'll figure one out. <laughs>